Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers, and goblins <laughs> of all ages, it is I, your host, Game Goblin, for coming close to the end of Season 3 with my illustrious, insepid, and intrepid team of fellow podcasters and game masters, the moniker, hello, Kazarkan, the Lord Dragon, Darth Blasphemous, and you know what, today's topic is... Oh, the game industry is coming to a screeching fucking halt. Yeah, I definitely see a dark age coming, and then a renaissance. Yay. Uh, we already had the renaissance, that was the 90s, thank you. I mean, there's possible for multiple renaissance. Oh yeah, well, you know, Let's after just... we roll the intro, I do have an apology to make to all of you, and all three, well, no, Moniker doesn't have to, but Darth Blasphemous and Kazrakan, mm, you guys have to apologize to me as well. <laughs> you you have to. So we're going to get to the intro and begin with apologies because for the last 25 years, every Game Master I've sat at the table with has made a critical mistake and it's the same mistake I've made since uh, starting jamming about 20 years ago. Uh-oh. Yeah, so i got to come clean on that one. Uh-oh. Well, let's roll that intro. All right, hitting it now. Yeah, roll the intro. Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listen on discretion advised. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. All, All the right. things, God. I know. Alright, so what's the big mistake? Okay, so this comes from an article straight out of the UK. I was watching uh, some YouTube stuff the other day on gaming and Twitter and all that stuff. Keeping connected with the gaming world outside of, you know... Your computer? Killing well, elves, <laughs> because we all know the only good elf is a dead elf. Damn straight. Damn skippy. Fucking knife ears. Yeah, I know. Ponce Eldar. Green-blooded, pointy-eared... Ponzi, nasty, anvil-dropping thumb smashers. <laughs> Do all creep you out? Your local firearm store has the solution. Just saying. I find they're very allergic to lead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they said. I find elves, you know, they don't like sticks because they tend to break out in black and blue rashes. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah, that's right. I'm so, what's that this? One. What's the deal with this? Um... Okay, so. And this is just hilarity and hypocrisy at its finest. So uh, I told you guys before recording, you know, uh, H.P. Lovecraft's cat's name. And of course, for our listeners, you're going to have to look that one up on your own. So H.P. Lovecraft, you know, this is around like 1904. This is an era where we still had segregation going on. Certain communities didn't live with other communities. That was just the life and times of that era. I'm devil's advocate here. This was also the same time where if you had a last name like O'Malley, you didn't live next door to the Vivaldis. We, we were still segregating amongst our own light-skinned kind. Oh, you mean you guys were? We, well, we were. Well, you guys still do it in Mexico. Mmm. Oh, you know. Citation look, needed. Citation I, I'd needed. say it, it's not so much uh, by last name. It's more of how dark are you? Well, I, well, in Mexico, I'm going off by like how uh, my former employers, we had two managers there, and one was definitely uh, native-born, and the other one was more Spaniard, and these guys hated the shit out of yeah. each other, and they did give me some background into what it was like 
back in the home country. But I'm just saying that, like, if you were Irish or Italian or Spaniard or Germanic, you know, you still had places to go to, like Germantown over on the East Coast. That was your neighborhood. Or you had Little Italy. Or we still have throwbacks to it now in our modern times. Almost every major city has a Chinatown. Well, now we call it the International District here, but there still seems to be a shitload of Chinese there. Yeah, most of them moved to Canada, though. Yeah, Canada. I think it depends on the region. Home place to the next coronavirus outbreak. Canada. Because Vancouver, BC housing prices are too much. But, okay, get back Blame on Canada. Topic. Blame, Blame Canada. Canada. Blame Canada. When everything's gone wrong. Yes, true. You fucking LARPer. Anyway. Hey, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> fuck you, buddy. No, your buddy, guy. I'm not your guy, friend. Ain't <laughs> your friend, dude. I'm <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Flat I know packs. I broke the chain. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Article. So to get back on point, you know, with the, the whole opening intro that, you know, 1900s, you know, around 1895 to 1905 era when H.P. Lovecraft was writing. I thought he was writing in the 20s. Was he? No, like... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Good book. Continue. Yeah, I think it was like 1904 was like around the time he published some of his last works. I could be wrong on that. You know, I'm not exactly... Um, Historian. From that era, so I can't exactly lay out specific dates. However, a game company of just grabbed his work, okay, and then they made their own version of Call of Cthulhu. So, first off, they take somebody else's work and then do their own spin on it. Disney's been doing this for decades, so it's nothing new. Moniker, stop looking at me like that. Anyway. I just glanced over. I know, but it was so damn sexy. Mm. <laughs> so they take H.P. Lovecraft's Call of Cthulhu, put their own spin on it, and here I am reading the news report, giggling to myself, like... Because, again, this is a game company who wants to uh, include diversity, tolerance, uh, huggy feelings, fifis, the LGBTQ alphabet soup group, all this stuff, and just mishmash it into one bowl. Be like, we we don't care about hate groups, but if you're a hate group, don't buy our game because we hate you. Kind of, yeah, that, they, they pretty much lay that out. I mean, welcome to the Museum of Tolerance. Oh, there's a smoker on the front lawn. Get him. Yeah. The people who are the most Dude, claiming you're... to be the most tolerant are some of the most intolerant motherfuckers I've ever seen. And so they take H.P. Lovecraft's work, they publish a game, they sell this game, so now they're making money off of somebody else's intellectual property. Is Lovecraft... And then they further condemn H.P. Lovecraft as a unapologetic and irredeemable racist. I mean, he was racist, but he I mean... He was. But I think at some point you kind of have to separate the art from the artist, you know what I mean? Well, these guys weren't doing it. They were like, oh, H.P. Lovecraft was a, a raging racist. His artwork is... Or not his art. Yeah, his artwork. His writings and stuff. You know, in the name of his cat and all these things. Here I am getting... I'm like, how did they change up Nidros' name? How did they say it around in the company without, you know... Feeling dirty and having to go lather up after. Like, oh, well, we're gonna write this paragraph on Shub Nigeroth, and oh my god, I said it. I need to go apologize. I'm sorry, or whatever. You know, like fucking Christ. Well, didn't oh, they man, just they write him out of the game? They got a serious misplacer beast running around. They, they had a serious misplacer beast. Uh, <laughs> the, the whole thing though that gets me though is they take somebody else's intellectual property and then grand slam them. This is like, let's say if I took Stephen King's works because. Obviously, I'm vocal. I don't like Stephen King. So I take his work. I rewrite one of his stories. And I'm like, oh, Stephen King is a raging homophobe. So if you're homophobic, don't buy these works that I've written 
based off of his works. Wait, so you're talking about the latest It movies? Uh, those two, I'm sure. <laughs> I haven't even seen those yet. Uh, it's dumb. I, I the first one was okay. Yeah. I did. I don't know. I just the the whole point is though they're making money off of somebody else's work, and then at the then they just turn right around and decry the artist. And it's like, if you hate this guy so much, why are you taking his artistic works and adapting it and reselling it as your own? Why are you making money off of somebody that you're condemning? Why are you adding fame to somebody who you wish was forgotten? You just, that, that, that does seem kind of contradictory. Is this a little bit of a pot kettle situation here? Only a lot. Yeah. And, and, this brings me to why I need to apologize to all three of you, and why two of you need to apologize to me. Okay, because I'm going to be tolerant here, and I'm going to put out my good foot first before I invoke the right that you must apologize to me because my fee-fees and all that shit. Anyway. Hold on, before you apologize, just let me unzip my pants here. I will be happy to punch you in the nuts again. <laughs> <laughs> Got a pair of knee pads over there in my toolbox. Oh no, this is going to be a four-knuckle tap dance. Just bam! Four-knuckle tap dance. <laughs> anyway. In the, the whole preface of their writings, how they did read it, Call of Cthulhu, because they can get away with taking open source material and adapting it. They explained, of course, you know, when you start the game, because every role-playing game has to have that what is a role-playing game preamble in the opening chapter. You would think, just like especially how um, prevalent gaming is becoming in pop culture recently, that, you know, most people... No, can't hear me. Uh, that most oh. people would at least have an idea. Just if you tilt it down, it'll yeah, just, tilt Just it tilt your microphone a little bit. Okay. There you go. There you go. Okay. Long uh, dong silver there. <laughs> Both <laughs> hands, son. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what I was going to filter for safety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Protection. But, um, the, the, whole, the whole preamble about what is a role playing thing, I mean, I get it. I get why they do that. You know, it's almost kind of like, you know, uh, what are dice? Yeah, what are dice for, like, completely newcomers? But, I mean, I would think, you know, just for how long gaming has been, you know, more prevalent in pop culture recently, and even then, like, I mean, most people know what Dungeons & Dragons is and at least have a general idea of what it is, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, maybe that's a... Missing off the recording guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that's a non-argument, but to me, it's still strange to see what is role-playing in a lot of games that still come out nowadays, you know what I mean? Well, it, it is exactly for that point. It is okay. so that Joe Schmo off the street can go, Huh, this is an interesting-looking title. I think I'll pick it up. Okay, Who knows? Enough. It might be fun. And they have zero experience with any, uh, any game style, really, besides a controller or keyboard. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I just, I, it's I, it's mainly targeted for that. I okay. I, yeah, I see the point. Yeah, I, Fable did not have a what is a role playing game intro when you do character creation. Well, Fable That's, is a video game, isn't it? Fable is a video game, but it's still a role playing game. A role playing. Knights video of game. the Old Republic did not have a disclaimer on the front. What is a role playing game? What am Star Wars? What am Star Wars? <laughs> which is which is why paper books of tabletop RPGs in particular have that section. Because most of the video game industry does not. Yeah. I just Anyway. I... Article. Here in you, you keep you keep Dark Souls, it. this is cruelty. Anyway. Yeah. 
to get back on point again they have in their opening chapter that when you're starting to run a game after character creation is done so character sheets are completely filled out after sheets are done after everybody's got their character concept after everybody's gone through the rule set of creating their character either on their own or with the assistance of one of the other players in the group or gm so on so on so forth at the first game session it is implicitly stated right there in their writings that the gm must get uh from everybody a rousingly enthusiastic Hand consent to run the game Mm. So the GM must ensure that the group, even after all the normal shit is done, must get enthusiastic consent from the players. And not once, and I'm calling myself out here, not once did I ask my game group if they were going to consent to me running a game for them, even though they took the effort to make a character, drive 45 minutes, fight traffic, get food... Uh, get me food. Get you food, or barter or broker time with their significant other to be like, hey, I want to go game, honey. Can I leave the house for an afternoon kind of stuff? Even after all the crazy shit that people go through just to go to a game, not once did I ask them and make sure that it was enthusiastic, which is kind of really weird, kind of weird to throw in there when you really think about it. But I never once asked for my players to give me consent to run a game. I, I think so for you three I apologize that of all the games that I've run that you guys have been in I never once asked before every game session that specifically calls out every game session yes that's really weird Damn. because I, I assume by the time you're make you already have people creating character sheets it should be like I, I assume apparently that I it's a foregone conclusion that you're all probably gonna game. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I mean, what kind of an yeah. asshole makes a character sheet says, "Yeah, I'm gonna run a campaign," and then when the GM says, "All right, so do you guys consent to playing?" and then that person who took like however much time hey, to who knows maybe it was a Stockholm like, no. thing. You know, when I decide to run a game and I tell Kazarkan, "Hey, I'm running a game," and he's like, "Right on, I'm totally there." Maybe that's not enthusiastic enough. Maybe it's not enthusiastic enough that he, you know, fills out a character sheet, has me double-check it, sits down at the table, you know, and then I'm like, I never once said, hey, Kazrakan, I'm going to run game now. Do you consent to me running game for you? Are you comfortable with this? Wait a minute. Fuck yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> I just realized something. Is This is why before each game we've run with you, you've always given us um, uh, cocktail drinks that taste suspicious. Yeah, apparently I was ear-raping everybody at my table by not asking consent first. So I'm a role-rape playist now? They're going to come up with some fucking word for a GM that does not ask consent and get overwhelming enthusiastic and consent first. So now that I have outed myself for never asking in the last 20 years any of my players if they consented to me running game after making characters, driving to my house fighting for parking, <laughs> chipping in for food, making plans to camp out on the living room floor overnight. I never once or asked Or in the them, woods. Or out in the woods, even, yeah, because we did do some games out uh, during camping. I never once asked before a game started if my group actually gave me consent. So, to you three, I am a sorry. I apologize. I'm calling myself out here now. I'm a role-playist. Um... <laughs> Because right. that's the only I'll ism I can next. toss on that one. So, Blasphemous, now you have to apologize to me because you never asked me one time for consent. All right, hold on. Let me get, let me get the mic right up here. <clears throat> he's going with both. Oh, he's going to redline this. 
Fuck you. If you didn't want a game, don't show up. You already know what this is. Alright? <laughs> you had plenty of chances. You knew exactly what this was. We were sitting down. We had dice. I ask if anyone wants a game. And if that's not fucking good enough for anybody, I have to ask exp explicitly at the beginning of each game session, do you consent? <laughs> no! Fuck you! That looks really funny on Audacity. <laughs> Our recording software is just bottomed out. Dude. Dude, you got him so pissed. That's the first time I've seen him so pissed on this podcast the Latino accent came out. <laughs> <laughs> That's... You finally stopped us, yes, will you? Sweet, dude. Hey, if you don't apologize to me, you're a bigot. <laughs> like I give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um... Alright, you know what? I got one. What you got? <laughs> it is implicit consent that you agree to sit down and do a character's sheet because you are actually doing it. There is no cajoling, there is no erstwhile suggestion, there is nothing enforcing or requiring you to partake. <laughs> and uh. for that reason, I second Blasphemous' motion. Fuck this! implied direct consent because like on the specific topic of tabletop gaming if you are making the effort I have a reason to assume you have a valid want to play you know at the risk of sounding like I'm virtue signaling here but at least I apologize for my transgression okay there <laughs> you Bill Clinton keep a straight face <laughs> I know. Like you're what the definition of is, is. Fuck you. <laughs> now, I can see that in specific cases, like a, a horror setting, and Call of Cthulhu would fit, is like, because that has the potential to go into psychological trauma and terror. You think anybody who's willing to sit down at a Call of Cthulhu game would understand what the fuck Call of Cthulhu is to begin with? I have assumed that there are at least Even the first time I sat down, I'm like, what's this Call of Cthulhu thing? And then the GM's like, well, Call of Cthulhu is about these great extra-dimensional entities that look at us like we're fucking lunch meat. Oh, that pretty much explains it. We are the bottom of the goddamn food chain of these stuff. And he goes, yeah, now you're going to be an investigator trying to uncover the mysteries of these. Enjoy. <laughs> See? He summed it up in, like, less than a paragraph, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be a fucking acid trip with dice. That's Got actually, it. That's actually the perfect, in a nutshell, uh, Call of Cthulhu, uh, an acid trip with dice. <laughs> so, or there could be what I did to you specifically, Moniker, in mm. my iteration of the Dollhouse. No. That you guys seem to have loved so much, and everyone, when I even mention it, and said, fuck no, you. And no, Blasphemous did not ask his players at that time for enthusiastic, uh, enthusiastic, yeah, that's the word, consent. <laughs> they were busting my door down to game. You still never asked. So you're blaming the victim hey, now. This? They're showing up to my door, banging on it, ringing my bell, waking me up out of a nap. Well, according to, to this company who's very much about tolerance and anti-hate speech and stuff, you have to ask consent before running a game. And if that game is written by a racist or any other ism, you have to decry that person even if you're making money from their work. Well, Dollars to Donuts says they're just a bunch of fucking white people, so I don't give a shit. Dude, you're not even white, you're green. I know. But I was once. <laughs> Before you Well, yeah, paid. and then you went and washed up and he told you he'll pay you next time. No, and then I just 
Nice. Then I just rolled around in some nuclear waste for superpowers, and all I got was the ability to fall up stairways. <laughs> and to be able to eat gravel and survive. I'm like Dung Beetle Man. Dung Beetle Man. <laughs> what are you doing with that poop? Just fighting evil. <laughs> no, no, this, uh, but... With this coupled with what's going on right now with the AAA publishers, EA getting so fucking money grubby that, you know, it's not even... They're not trying to hide it anymore. It's not even news anymore. And Blizzard with that whole Warcraft debacle. And Warcraft right now... As with if the, the grave they were what, digging did themselves. did they come to mobile? No. no now no. they're not even... Warcraft offered. Reforged is a... They outsourced their shit, guy. and it's just garbage. As if the, you know, uh, grave they weren't digging themselves was big enough. <laughs> No, no, we need. We still, we still got like four people here. Come on, keep digging. Exactly. Yeah. Much as I love, I'm... I love Blizzard. They are dying. Still. It don't miss. No him. Oh, okay. Kazarkan's yeah, looking way off to the side, and he hasn't learned over the last three years. Look in the general direction of the microphone. The audience is here. <laughs> the audience. See, you guys on the other side of the microphone can't see this, obviously, but I'm gesturing in a most phallic gesture over my microphone, and I know Kazarkan likes large, long cylindrical objects, so maybe if he just, you know, looks at the microphone, you know? <laughs> Alright, next season we're getting the heads-up mics. <laughs> I don't have that kind of money. I know, not, and I won't long after. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, but I liked Blizzard of old, but I think oh, yeah. under EA's tutelage, question mark. Pretty sure it's still the wrong word. Bastardization. That's a better word. Um, Corruption. Yeah. I'm so sorry been... I never asked for consent to have EA rape my wallet. Yeah. Well, no, you're the victim there. I yeah, mean, no, we're the victims of this. You get some victim points. Oh, I get victim points. Mm. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't even know what those look like. <laughs> well, it just means you have to dye your little tuft now. It's gotta be neon pink. Oh, and I gotta get trouble, gra uh, trouble glasses and fish more, mouth. Yeah, and more piercings. You oh. don't have enough. There's a quota. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I know the other word that comes with a quota. <laughs> I showed a quota. No! <laughs> That's gonna be fun in season four. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, because we gotta reset the quota on Shoda. God damn it. <laughs> yep. Can we just have it on a rolling calendar year? <laughs> uh, I, as much as I'd like to, I would forget. Yeah. Remember, back in season two, early season two, late season one, you had to remind me that we were doing a podcast. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mean when I showed up to your house before we moved into this place? Yeah, he... Blasphemous coming knock on my door, bang. and I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing here, dude? And he's like, we're podcasting. I'm like, uh, Whoa. uh, oh, yeah! <laughs> Let me go get the Bluetooth out, and, you know, get the Yeti started up. <laughs> my bad, I forgot. <laughs> oh, back in the days of the Robocock. The Robocock. <laughs> no, it's just... You know what, hold on, since I'm moving out, I will trade you the couch for the Robocock. Fuck no. <laughs> I like that couch. I love that couch. I've never been able to sleep on that couch, but... Yes, you have. I, no. But you said you did. Not once. It's so comfy. It is comfy. <laughs> but I'm keeping the Robocock. <laughs> yeah, I missed out on buying one at Black Friday. Anyway, oh, sorry. I predict... Uh, of color day. <laughs> the non-token color, politically correct, friendly 
When day... have we ever been PC? It's not Black Friday, it's Day of Color. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. Day no, of... no, no, that sounds racist, so it's Color Day? No, 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 because the difference uh... between saying colored person and person of color is one is racist and one's not racist, even though they both... I think it's because they didn't like that it spelled cop. But they just, all they cop. did was just swap a word around, so, you know, it's... It... It's not a deadly pandemic. It's a de- it's a pandemic that just might be deadly. Gaming. Let's get back. Gaming. To it. I don't know. At this point, I like... love you, Ebola Chan. Anyway, gaming. As far as gaming goes, I predict we are at the precipice of the end. Yay! I mean, we've said that before, though. We have. But it does seem to be getting closer in recent months. Well, look at what Bethesda's been doing for the last two years, getting super money hungry. Yeah. Like they have just like come straight out of the closet as being just. Evil fucking corporate badasses who are just out to make money and not games for gamers. And when games were being made by gamers, like when you go to Wizards of the Coast back in the early 2000s, most of the people they hired to build their games were gamers. Likewise with CD Projekt Red of current era. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, Magic the Gathering's kind of... Fallen off the wayside. Yeah. It's, it's become money. That's what it's become. Yeah. And that's, I think, I think what we need as an industry is I think we need to abolish the big publishing groupings, like the big, big ones, EA, Bethesda, all that jazz. Yeah. Nintendo? I think Nintendo's going to stick around longer, Nintendo, but I do think... Nintendo, do, at least, you know, I feel like they play it mm. safe, but not in a... You know, uh, like a money grubbing sense. Like they, uh, it's kind of like their holding pattern. You know, they have a franchise that works, and you know, as so long as they can put a new spin on it every once in a while, it sells. You know, as and like, long as I have, I, I do have hatred for Nintendo. Uh, I've admitted that for the last twenty years. Yeah. I do have my own bias against Nintendo, but I will give credit where credit is due. Yeah. And unlike all these other guys who just make sequels and rehashes of shit, they're like, oh, Assassin's Creed sold, so we'll just make seven more fucking games. Yeah. yeah. You know, they'll, they'll just keep going off the same IP over and over and over, barely rehashing any part of that, and maybe oh, dicking dude. around with the storyline. But yeah. Nintendo, every damn year you see them at E3, and they were always coming out with this weird new idea. Yeah, even if it's like... You know, something like another type of Mario game or another type of uh, Zelda game. You, you know, it's at least it's like weird and different enough that people are like, okay. There's also, you know, there's also the fact that like when they are rehashing titles, they're doing it more or less on popular demand. Like there was, a yeah, lot, that, that's a really good point. Yeah, like, there was a yeah. lot of people who were like, Luigi's Mansion, I want Luigi's Mansion. So they listened. They're like, well, they want it. Let's give it to them. Yeah, because, you know, they did Luigi's Mansion 1 back in 2003. And, of course, that was like it's... GameCube! Oh, GameCube was great. But, you know, that was such a unique title, you know? And then people for years wanted a sequel. So you got Luigi's Mansion 2 on the 3DS, which was... Yeah, it was... I mean, I'm playing it, but I'm not as enthusiastic. And, yes, I know there's a Luigi's Mansion for the 3DS. Yeah. I saw it, but I couldn't justify dropping $40 on that when I could go pick up the game for $5 and spend the remaining $30 on a GameCube and then hook it up to a TV. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but, you know, so, like, that one was eh. But, you know, Luigi's Mansion 3, you know, it's, uh... Everything I've seen, every person I've talked to, they've, they're thoroughly enamored. Yeah, and I've actually been watching some gameplay of it on one of the channel, a game, uh, Let's Play channels I watch, and... 
like graphically it's it's pretty cool looking like yeah for nintendo it's almost like god damn you guys made this you know (laughs) yeah so i think nintendo is gonna outlast most of the rest of the big conglomerates i mean they already have they've been around since like 1890 (laughs) that too wait didn't they originally make uh furniture uh no they've always been a game company but they made no 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 nintendo uh, itself was a lot of other things before they got into video games. Well, yeah, but they've always been at their core a gaming company. Like as because, we know the current Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Because originally saying before that, there was a time where it was a bunch of other crap. Uh, there might have been, but I know the thing that they originally made and that, like they still do, I believe, is um, it's like this Japanese traditional card game, and they always made like editions of those. Like, like that was their biggest thing for years and years and years, but. Yeah, I mean, everyone knew who they were once, you know. Well, things, have got, well, things have gotten so shitty on the inside, and Nintendo, uh, they have had information leak out about this. Especially when they were working with Squeenix. Squeenix. Back then, it was still Squaresoft. Squeenix. But the production values haven't really gone down, per se. You still got these massive team of people. They're working 16, 18 hours a day for months on end. They're trying to get their workout on a specific date. And every manufacturer of video games right now, and it has become quite the industry. Freaking crunch time. Crunch time is like all the time. It's like the first three weeks is okay, we're planning a new game. And then they're like, okay, well, it's down crunch time. Like, fucking the development cycle for Mass Effect Andromeda was just insane. The amount and, of shit that they wanted the people to do, and even couldn't if, have time for. Them. Yeah, even if they had them all at one studio working together that entire time, it still would have been a, a modern miracle to get that game out on time. And props to the guys behind the scenes, the, the coders, the testers, the guys who were making the assets for the game. They put Animators. in serious fucking hours, and they managed to get it done. Mostly. Mostly, I mean, they were under extreme pressure from upstairs. Yeah, and like. Dealing with that kind of death march crunch because like that's the only thing I can think. That's of that part one. of what's going to kill the gaming market is they're going to burn out the people who are making the game. Well, I don't think it's going to. I'm pretty kill sure it's it. already happening. I don't think it's going to kill the gaming market. I think it's going to be much more closer to like what happened, you know, uh, when the game market more crashed before, you know, in the '80s, when like the Atari kind of, you know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. I, I think it's going to be more along the lines of that, where it's just going to go kind of stagnant and quiet for a bit. But, you know, we'll, we'll get good stuff eventually, you know. it's. I mean, that's not to say that there isn't good stuff still coming out. It's just, you know, you have to, you have to look a little harder for it. And that's... I know. think it's it's the indie market. Oh, yeah, The indie definitely. market is going to be what takes up the mantle of gaming. Yeah, and, and that is, I think, what's going to save it. And I've already said this on, I think, two podcasts ago, but I cannot wait for... Uh, Nirvana, the sequel to Valhalla, the bartending game. That's gonna be sweet. See, and like another. Dana Zane is best girl. <laughs> hey, hey, microphone's over here. Yeah, Kaz, yes, don't yes, don't yes. look at the couch when you're talking. Wait, don't wait. don't look at my handsome face. <laughs> Just because it's handsome doesn't mean it's quite that alluring. Okay, well, as Red Green would say, as long as they you, you know what, if, if they don't find you handsome, at least they'll find you handy. <laughs> <laughs> you said handy. Hey, that was a great show. <laughs> Carrying on. Carrying I on. I think. Like, one game I'm excited for is called Disintegration, and it is a... I've, I've actually played the closed technical beta and the open technical beta for about four so, four total days, mm-hmm. um, which was about all they had for yeah. that sort of timing, and I'm thrilled with that. It's, it's a game where 
Earth's resources have gone pretty much to shit. So it takes so place in ten years from now. Maybe. <laughs> Calm down there, AOC. <laughs> hey, I think it's thinking. closer to like a, a millennium because everyone is it in early access right now? On Steam, it's in technical beta. I bet you, bottom dollar, two, three years from now, it'll still be in early access. How many games are coming out right now that are still in early access that are practically complete? From what I understand about Disintegration, there's an entire campaign planned about it, uh, but the general pr principle is that it's... Um, people's minds have been uploaded to robots. Hmm. I'm not... Hey, I'm, I'm all cool with, you know, transhumanism and stuff, and, you know, exactly. if I, mean, I got a robot body, you know I'd make fucking use of it. I'm not... I'm but not I'm just saying, in the game market... So many games right now are early release that the one you're playing right now will probably still be early release a year, two years, three years from now. I'm right. Just, I wouldn't just... be surprised for titles like uh, Deep Rock Galactic, which is also a very fun game and still in early access. Uh, but they're working on it, and it's continually going. <laughs> well, they're still they're, they're, they're still continually working it. on two of the biggest games right now on the Steam market is Ark Survival Evolved. And the shooter one with all the guns and llamas. Guns and llamas. Guns and llamas. That is a Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite. Oh, Fortnite. Both of those is still technically in early access alpha. Or no, beta. Ugh. You know, I'll Technically, I'll... technically. Like they still never have said, okay, this is full release of the game. So and these have been out for years. And this is like one of the other problems that I'm seeing in the gaming industry is like they'll bring out a game and they'll say early access and you're like woo I can buy this game now for 35 bucks early access and for some reason it's just never completed ever it's quite possible I mean or you buy a full priced AAA title and it's just like that except you paid the full price and then you get the season pass so you get all the fucking updates yeah it's like um I think that's Kevin, gotta go that yeah. whole like yeah but that's part of the reason why I stop pre-ordering games, no matter no matter how excited I am for it. It's just it it supports a bad habit. Yeah, the last but, one I pre-ordered and got the special collectors fuck everybody else edition was Saints Row Four. Yeah, but uh, Kaz, I don't think you. I still don't think you've said what the game's about. Aside from, uh, yeah, aside yeah, from yeah, the yeah, plot, yeah, yeah. so what's this I'm game about? I'm a bad about? person. So no. disintegration is following at least the campaign mode will follow a. Grav cycle pilot and his squad of minions. Okay. Um, as they go through an adventure to stop people, transhumanists from keeping over. This, this whole being uploaded into into machines was a temporary measure to try and outlast whatever apocalypse they came upon. Okay. As gameplay goes, um, it feels very natural because every player is in a. Uh, grab cycle, they call them, but they're basically just overgrown hover bikes with a, a fly height of, I don't know, 25, 30 meters. Um, so you play as one, a pilot of that, and you command a ground crew of between two and four uh, minion robots that you can, that you run around and complete objective with. The technical beta was all multiplayer, 5v5, with various different classes, hmm. but there, are, from what I've seen on the Discord, the dev team is very receptive to the player base. They're continuing that's, to listen. They're responding. That's always encouraging. It is, and it it feels 
really, really smooth for one, a closed technical beta, and two, for a game about piloting in a way. God, a pilot. Yeah. I'm not a pilot. I am the kind of person you give you give a plane to if you want it to crash and burn. Yeah. Cause I'm a pilot. Yeah, that's there's a star man. How's that song go? Um, Cause I'll piss on the seat called a hydraulic leak. <laughs> Alright, uh, how about one of the other things that's really detrimental to the gaming industry, but for some reason, it hasn't gone away. And even now, even after litigation and courts and all that crap, they're just rebranding it. The, the ones who are going through the predatory market uh, activities are like, oh no, they're not loot boxes, they're surprise bundles. Can we recover this? Several times. Yeah, We have but already it, covered it, but, but it's an I'm evolving issue. But what I'm talking about right now is the symptoms that the gaming market is heading towards something bad. Well, it is a bad idea, and I do agree with the gambling thing, but at the same time, I mean, it's like, you still have the choice to buy it or not, you know, it's like... You do, I like... But for the one, one of the weird ones, and this is kind of, you know, in the same topic area and shit... And I'll, can I like, just preface that? Just... I, yeah, sure! I've got a thought going! I'm, Where I'm, is she? She on your phone? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna patrol her later. <laughs> when DLC first came out, it was awesome. Like Shivering Isles for Oblivion. Mm-hmm, yes. That was quality. You got basically a An whole entire new game. game. Yeah, it was like 35 hours of game time, just tacked on for another 30 bucks. Or, I don't even think it was that expensive. I, well, I don't remember it being that expensive. I just least. waited for game of the year. I don't know, but the thing is now is like DLC has gotten to the point where it basically is a loot box, like Fallout 4. You buy that game, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've got this Contraptions Workshop DLC coming out. And you're like, woo, this is going to be awesome. And you just get a bunch of fluff items that you're like, wow, these assets could have been added in the base game or not added, and it still adds no value. Pretty Great. much. Yeah. Horse Wicked. armor. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, again, like, for purely cosmetic stuff, Microtrans is fine. Yeah. If you want to pay to look pretty and it affects nothing else of the game, go for it. If that's it, it's fine. But for anything else, for accelerating time, or... I can agree with that only to an extent. Okay, on like a mobile game, sure. Yeah. But if this is an actual console, or God forbid, a fucking PC Master Race game, I expect to pay for something and get the entire thing I need to have hours and hours of fun, and I don't want to spend another fucking dime on it. There was a time, though, like, back playing EverQuest, and this was, you know, around the, uh, the era of Vellus, back when the game was still good, you know, just before Lucklin hit, or Lucklin, or Lucelin, or however it's fucking pronounced. People would run around with outfits on that were absolutely trash for stats. Trash, just pure garbage. You'd be like, wow, you're a main tank fighter wearing that robe? Why? <laughs> well, it was for mad respect, because the amount of shit you have to go through, the amount of hours you got to put in, all the rating, the questing, the components, all the bullshit, all wrapped into one, you're looking at easily 40 hours worth of game time, and somebody went through all that effort just to get that robe, and when you watch them walk past, you're like, damn, that's dedication, dude, respect, you wear that robe. Can we, can I say that as an aside? I really hate it when, you know, you have, like, the armor on the box of the video game, and you're like, oh, wow, that's so fucking cool looking. 
And then it's like one of the starting armor sets, and its stats are absolute shit, but it still is like one of the coolest looking. I hate that. See, that is why I love Star Wars The Old Republic Online, because it got to the point where you could craft the armor or complete a dungeon to get the moddable version so you could adjust the stats of said <laughs> armor. Yeah. Dude, don't bring up that game, because I still remember buying the super duper fuck everyone else ultra mega mix fuck everyone else collector's box and then they have a special merchant for armor i'm like you can only buy this armor if you got the super special fuck everybody else collector's box yay this vendor is so gonna get hosed i run up and i'm like i can't afford any of this <laughs> I, I i don't even have a group to quest with this shit because it's just like the best multiplayer one person game ever so i'm fucked Womp Thanks, womp. game, for giving me army. I, womp womp! I can't even fucking wear it! Yeah. Anyway, before I mentioned Oblivion, you were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say um, about the loot boxing. I mean, I was just going to say, like, I make that point even, like, as someone who spent... Oh, boy. <laughs> who spent $100 on Overwatch loot boxes, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, did. Uh... I did. But you know what? I have no regrets, because, like, I, at the time, it was fun. And Can it was you worth unlock it. titty physics at least in that game? Um, you know, no. Overwatch, Overwatch, not Overwatch. Overwatch doesn't have uh, a lot in the boob department, but oh goddamn, I could look at Widowmaker and Tracer's ass all day. And <laughs> l let me just say, Mercy is thick. <laughs> she is a thick sw uh, Swedish or Swedish. No, she's Swiss. Yes, she is. Swiss. She's a thick Swiss milf. God and bless. the strange part is. As Mercy being in the battle zone for Overwatch is probably safer than actually being in Switzerland right now. True. But that's a whole other aside for other people to take over, like probably Sargon or V or any of those guys. I don't know. I'm just trying to play my fucking video games. Oh. Another sign of the failing market, I must say, gentlemen, is day one patches that last forever. You mean patches that are bigger than the actual game content? Yeah. Yeah, well that would be Fallout 76 yet again screwing up. Yeah. No big surprise there at this point, but that's nope. might as well just put a fucking wreath and tombstone out front of their goddamn door. <laughs> but yeah, like when it first came out, it was a great novel idea. You buy a game and they're like, oh well we found the bug post-production. You know, we've already got the CDs printed, the, the games are already on store shelves. Or even now, you know, it's like, oh, the game is up on our digital library. You can just download it. You download the game, and they're like, oh, patch available. I'm sorry. Did you not just have me download an entire game from your library that you could not have already had the patch installed as part of the package? Well, here's the big problem with it, and it's been a growing problem on the whole bell curve of shit. It's like when it first came out... You'd get a game and like, they'd have a patch day one. You'd be like, okay, you're pretty complicit with that. And I think the last time I played a game that had a major overhaul to the beginning of it, and I didn't even really play that game, I got bored super quick, was Mass Effect in medieval times. Dragon Age. Yeah, Dragon Age. All, all you could do is just swap time periods, and both games were so interchangeable. It, it's basically Whatever. the same idea. So, like, I put that game in there, and I go through all the hullabubub to actually be able to play the fucking game, and I have to have an online account to play a game that I want to play in my living room, single alone. player, alone, which is bullshit. 
And then they're like, oh, here's a patchwork that's going to be four more hours of downloading. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to go watch something else. <laughs> Eat my dick. But they've been using this technology to add on to a game. So now they can release games that are incomplete and be like, oh, yeah, well, we'll have this chapter available in Q1 or Q2. And then the next chapter of the game available in Q3 or Q4. So they keep adding on to the game after release. So you pay, you spend 60 bucks for a complete game. Dick fingers here. I'm making the quotation marks in the air. Oh, you buy yeah. your complete game. But then complete. after that, the development cycle seems to continue on for like another year or two afterwards where they keep adding more to the game. So afterwards, and they did this with Halo even, where you buy the game, you get the full complete version. But two years later, you finally get the game as it should have been released. Yeah. Yeah, and like... I, I fell for that. The Master Chief's collection is... They're still in the process of porting every game but Halo Reach. See? Every single one. In theory, it's all supposed to be done by end of year, but... Yeah, uh, well, it used to be a time, like, when you bought a game, they were complete. And they didn't have these crazy-ass development cycles on it. Like, uh, when Chrono Trigger was being built uh, as a game, yeah, they had some stuff going on in the backgrounds that was seriously fucked up. And there's some really good videos about the history of Chrono Trigger that delve into that whole scenario of just how the hell they managed to get such a great game off the ground. But they released the game and there was like two bugs. After all the... Ah, oh, he's getting looks. Uh, <laughs> weird noises come complimentary free with the podcast. I've been holding in a fart. Just so I wouldn't make extra noises. Yes, because he's And also, I've been testing my chair. And look, no squeaks. I know, no squeaks. It's so nice. Uh, but still, what I'm getting back to is, like, there was two bugs in there. And one of them actually turned into, like, this really cool Easter egg. And all it was was how to get, like, a power-up tab. You have to, like, walk around the door, go to the other side. There's a blank spot on the map that the game testers missed. It's not in any of the strategy guides. It's not on the official forums or any of that stuff. It's just a bug. But you're like... It's like one of those insider secrets. It was so cool, you know, to tell other people playing Chrono Trigger. You're like, well, when you get to the Kingdom of Zeal, go through this door, and they'd be like, holy shit, really? That's how you do it? So, But now it's like, you get bugs that are just... That's the entire game is a fucking bug. And yeah. not just Fallout 76. <laughs> but you get... Uh, it's becoming the trend, and it's... it's terrifying, it's sad, it's horrifying, and it's, it's, it's it just, is the harbinger of doom. We're paying the same price for games that are incomplete. Imagine getting a car, paying full price for it on day one. It's just laziness on part and of the And your developers. car, you know, like, the you go to open the door and the panel just pops off. And they're like, oh no, it's not a bug, it's a feature. <laughs> oh, so you're buying Toyota. So you're buying, yeah, you're buying a Toyota. <laughs> Just, I'm just saying, though, like, yeah. if anything else commercially available, you bought it, and this kind of shit happens. You go to Ikea, you buy your your furniture that you put together in your living room, and you're like, where's I, half the screws? You should not be using Ikea as an example for... Oh, well, no, that's what the gaming industry has become. <laughs> that's what it, it has. It's become Ikea-fied. It, it has. Know. It's become Ikea-fied. Mass you know, I, scrunk. I know exactly what the fucking problem is. Laziness? If you were to go into any of these companies... They push their people so hard that they can't operate efficiently. And on top of that, they have meetings after meetings and spend all this money they could spend on, you know, development. Didn't wrong. On fucking boards to tell people how good or how shit they're doing. 
keep berating them with more fucking meetings, which means they have less time to actually do their fucking job, when they should just come in, say hi, here's everything that's going on, now get the fuck to work, don't forget to take your breaks and use the goddamn bathroom, because I'm not cleaning up piss or shit off your fucking chairs tonight. But no, it's cram them in their little desks, have them do all these fucking meetings, and then have them try to do their fucking job in less and less time, because while the ag algorithm that we paid this one fucking bean counter... It's because you got fucking bean counters running the fucking companies anymore. Remember when game developers were, they would have a company and it was about game developers? Exactly. You would go to a, a, you know, Magic the Gathering, like you were saying. It used to be run by people who loved the game, played it, fucking champions and all that shit. Now it's run by fucking bean counters. It has, bro. Thanks a lot, fuckers. The irony is, like, the uh, that's part of the, re the uh, development team who made the infamous E.T. game for the Atari. Like Bunch of fucking bean counters. Well, no, the, no, not them. The development team, because they, uh, the people who like published the game, or not published, the people who wanted the game in the first place, like they refused to give them any credit. So those guys said, "Fuck you, we're taking our talents elsewhere." And those guys became Activision. Like, <laughs> well, so, I mean, like, like that's kind of the irony of it. Yeah, bringing that uh, that topic up, you could look at NetherRealm Studios. Oh, and God. easily see that their first three Mortal Kombat games are among their best. Yeah, they are. And Mortal Kombat 1, even though now it does not stand up to the test of time at all, God, the controls no. feel janky as shit, the graphics, you know... I will grab my game gear from right over there <laughs> on top of the washing machine, and I have Mortal Kombat yeah. 1 on there. Mortal Kombat 1 does not hold up to the test of time, but when it came out, it was fucking groundbreaking on many different levels. MK2 just... They went in there, they lifted the hood of the car and said, what in here needs fixed? And they polished the shit out of what needs polished and left the rest alone. And MK2 was a vastly superior product. MK3 had its faults, but it was still a great game. And then you compare it to Mortal Kombat now, where it's more styled in substance. You get, the, you know, the graphics are fucking phenomenal, the music is spot on, yeah. the gameplay is great. But... <laughs> Now, you're, now your combat rounds are interrupted by things like x-ray maneuvers, which throw your rhythm completely off when trying to fight. Did I already say my little spiel on x-ray moves? I'm not sure, but real quick. The whole thing with that, it reminds me of that shitty sequel to Tron they made, hmm. where they have that little douchebag sitting in the office in the opening sequence. And they're like, oh, so what's new about this latest version? He's like, we put a bigger number on the box. <laughs> That's all they fucking did. Yeah. That's all they fucking are doing now. They put another number and a different fucking skin on it. Same shit. Same shit, different skin. But like, the innovation is not really there. But the thing that really separates and why I brought up Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3. Well, it's a good example. Uh, the, the, the core reason is Mortal Kombat 1 was made by a bunch of guys who wanted to make a video game while working out in the gym. And they just got their gym buddies to stand in front of a camera and pose. Gym buddies being like, what, two guys? It was, like, like, it was like, like two guys and one chick. Yeah, it was like two guys, one chick, and a bunch of different ninja costumes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was one ninja costume. They just go, they just palette swapped it. Uh, yeah. They did this with Mortal Kombat See, that's, 2. that's working within your boundaries. <laughs> they, they, they still did this with Mortal Kombat 2. Like, the behind-the-scenes photographs of the guy who played Baraka are... Fucking hilarious. Yeah. But thankfully yeah. to the degradation that would happen from the translation of real life to on screen, the costume looked great on screen. The, Terrible I, in real life. 
But these guys were fans. They were they were just doing it because it was fun. It was something they could do, and they realized they could make money out of it. They were like, "Hey, let's go, go bigger, bolder, better. You know, innovate." Yeah. And NetherRealm Studios now has become just another video game company. It really had like. Let, let me just say real quick, the thing that really bugged me about um, X-ray moves now, especially after having played Mortal Kombat 11, and I know I already touched, is it. nobody would survive one attack by an X-ray maneuver. Yeah, exactly. Maneuver, like, maneuver. you know, when they came out in Mortal Kombat 9, it was like, you know, they weren't fatal, you know? I mean, like... It, a cracked rib is gonna be a cracked rib. It's yeah. It's gonna kill you. It's gonna hurt like a bitch. Yeah, and honestly, those ones are still more painful looking because, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Scorpion, he'll, like, you know, pull you over, you know, get over here! And then he'll, like, crack your sternum and then, like, break, you know, give you, uh fracture in your arm and you see that x-ray it's like oh shit he got fucked up but now it's like you know he does get over here he like pull like puts his daggers through both of their eyes he like breaks their neck and then slams the daggers through the back of their head it's like no one's gonna get up from that i get it's a video game but that should that should just be the fatality right there you yeah know? it's like i, I saw one like the maneuver was they grab the person by the rib cage and then they like knee strike him so hard by like Using the ribcage as, like, the, the focal point, yeah. as the handles, and, like, put a kneecap into it, compress the uh, ribcage so much that the heart literally can't pump blood and explodes. And I'm like, yeah, I, the fight should be done. They're not getting back up, but they do. Yeah, and, like, I think in a way, like, the more silly and more, like, um, over, the like over the top you make them, the less brutal they are. Because the, like, there's a point where it goes yeah. from brutal to campy. Exactly. Like one of the ones that um, still gets me is Noob Cybot in Mortal Kombat Nine. Like um, Noob Cybot did nothing wrong. Noob Cybot did nothing wrong. You know, his clone would like you know get someone in like a chokehold, and then he would like grab their leg and just like strike their kneecap, and then he would like punch them in the gut so hard that like vomited on his leg. Like that's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's just, like that's more brutal than you know that over-the-top scorpion shit. I, they've gotten really. They've got. Uh, I'll admit, as far as storyline writing, they've gotten really good at it. Especially, uh, so I know a lot of people who would argue you. I, they they can argue with me all they want, but then again, look back at the uh, first say five games. You know, all the way up to say uh, Mortal Kombat uh, Deadly Alliance. The writing in the first five games was pretty uh, basic. <laughs> It was like fanfic before the internet existed. <laughs> but, what? yeah, like, this was a game company that started by a bunch of guys that just wanted to make a game and have fun with it. A lot of game companies started like this. Troika Games, who, uh, if anybody played Vampire Bloodlines, that's a diamond in the rough. They didn't have enough time to finish it, of course, because bean counters. But Troika, these guys were some really talented motherfuckers. And when they broke the fourth wall, it was hilarious! Yeah, like, they did it with uh, tact. They, well, no, they're like, uh, when you ran into Rosa, Rosa was supposedly Malkavian. You didn't know. She was a, She was really a caitiff, which means clanless. But when you're clanless, you still carry over a little bit of the traits of your progenitor clan. And, like, Rosa would look dead-faced at you when you're talking to her. And she goes, win, lose? It doesn't matter as long as you paid for the game. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's a good fourth wall break. Right? Yeah. So, a lot of these guys, like, from what I'm noticing lately in the video games industry, and yes, we do have the over-politicization. Politicized? Too much politics. Yeah. 
You know, I'd say that's the smallest issue. I think the biggest issue in gaming development is, you know, I, I would way more deal with, vir you know, virtue signalers and political correctness in my games than I would just general laziness and just money grubbing. Well, they have gotten so lazy. There's that, yeah. and it's also like, you can tell when a game was made by a crunch team. Yeah. You can tell. You know, didn't Rockstar get in trouble for that recently for Red Dead Redemption 2? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, overworking? Was it Rockstar, do you guys know offhand? I, they oh, all overworked their employees so much that the news stories just kind of meshed together in a hodgepodge, ugly batch of green jello. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, I've seen little snippets of, like, game companies can't even try and hide it, so they don't. They, they can't. They can't hide the They overworked their crews to the point that I'm... Jesus, I, I read a story about uh, customer support when they... Uh, Sony Online Entertainment... And, you know, I thought the story was kind of half-true, half-tongue-in-cheek, but now the way the game companies are acting, I can see why somebody would flip out of their cubicle and just start stabbing themselves in the arm with a handful of keys. Just go completely postal. <laughs> they, they had one, and he yeah. just lost his shit. Like, the, the pressure was just mounting up to the point over the course of months that just one day somebody asked him a question. Dude loses his fucking mind, grabs his fucking car keys off of his desk, and just start slamming them into his left arm and screaming. Jesus. Fucking broke. And the way game companies treat their employees now... Game... Way companies, period. Way companies, period. Yeah, but... Yeah. I, I'm saying specifically gaming because they really are notorious for pushing their guys, especially in the last six to nine months. You know, making going, oh, well, we got overtime. It's because they're sweating because I think a lot of big companies, like a lot of the big gaming... Uh, companies, yeah, the gaming groups, you know, because they know people are getting not, I don't think cynical is the right word, but people are becoming a lot more aware of how just shitty they are. And so the ones who don't do any of the real work, you know, they just take it out on the developers and the people who are actually making the games, you know, like the programmers and shit, so. That uh, stands to reason, but it's still a horrifying and sad thing. Oh, sh yeah, no, I, I don't deny that. I'm just saying that's probably what the reality of it is. Now, Ooh, hold on. Let me uh, let me just sound like one of those remainers from the UK. Okay, boomer. Uh, well, you know, all, well, no, they're they're not boomers. They're all Gen Xers because they're sellouts. I know. I just wanted um, to say that. The only thing worse than uh, buying in is selling out. Amen. <laughs> Fucking sellouts. So, <laughs> so there's like, oh, well, the only way you can change something is from within. No, that's not how that works. It, it's no. literally, we need to get people to fucking understand what's going on, put it out there in the mainstream, let people see that, hey, this is really fucked up shit that's going on. Maybe we're gonna have to let gaming fucking die for a bit, go through a fucking hibernation to fucking heal, well, and yeah. it'll come back in a new fucking renaissance, you know, the grand third age of gaming. Well, look at, look at how the gaming trends have started and come, too. I mean, like... For a while there, it was Mortal Kombat, as I mentioned earlier, and you had Street Fighter. These were the two big kings on the, the block. You had two camps. One camp was like, Street Fighter's the bestest, and the other is Mortal Kombat is the bestest. And then you had just a huge deluge of other games inside there, like Rise of the Robots, and I can't believe I still remember that game exists. Or Tekken. <laughs> Tekken, Rise of the Robots, DOA. King of Fighters. Clay Fighter. Clay Fighter. Yeah. There was a Clay Fighter was actually fun, even though the <laughs> controls were janky as shit. Still, you had a huge delusion of these, and then during the N64 era, uh, first-person shooters started to really pick up steam. Before the company Steam existed, uh, you had Turok, GoldenEye, Doom, uh, 
God, I don't know. I played those three so much over the course of the summer, I didn't pay attention to anything else but GoldenEye, Turok, and Doom. Well, but like, then Halo came out, and then suddenly... The world exploded. And then the world exploded, and suddenly that shit just got on fire. You know, they, I, I, I would say before Halo even, I, I think Half-Life was really the one. Half-Life 3 confirmed. Ha yeah. ha Half-Life was the one that kind of showed that, you know... It was possible to tell oh, a story yeah. from yeah, you, yeah, you can make a narrative out of video games. God, there was another one that came out about that time, right on a similar engine. Fuck, I can't remember until... Moving along. Anyway. Oh, wasn't there that big arena game? Oh, just, uh, Unreal Tournament? Yeah. Quake? Unreal oh, Tournament. Quake. Yeah. Yeah, God damn it, that's the one I was thinking of. Anyway, um, th these things come and go in big waves. And like, for a while there, of course, everybody was cloning Minecraft, and now everybody's doing the P-Bug shit. And game companies are not... In, yeah, whatever, whatever, though. I, I call them P-Bugs. I don't care. P-Bugs. It's about as accurate as any other title. Well, considering right now how many games have bugs, they might as well just be called P-Bugs. Fair. <laughs> but, you know, everybody's doing the, you know, the, the fucking Hunger Games video games. Oh, the, the Hunger Royale. Games games. Yeah. Which are games about the Hunger Games inside of a game. Gameception. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just... Story fail. But the big, huge problem is, is, like, all these big AAA developers, you know, if they do come out with a title that they actually make money off of, say, Grand Theft Auto V, they ride that shit... Into the dirt. Yeah, they, they ride that horse until it's dead. I mean... Yeah, how, many King, yeah, how many Call of Duties? How many Call of Duties? How many Halos? How, how many, many... Battlefield? Yeah. How many fucking Splinter Cell these days, even? Is Splinter Cell still around? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Is Have it still you Sam? not watched Yancey lately? Is it still Sam Fisher? Uh, no idea. No. I haven't played it. I don't him. know. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a huge lack of innovation among the AAA developers, and they're all cloning each other's works at this point. Everything's becoming derivative. And, you know, well, I'm going to point this out. This is not exclusive to the gaming industry. It has also hit all of cinema. Well, cinema, we, we, well, before we get into cinema <laughs> derail, we're already past the hour mark. We are. Can I see so guys? let's go. Final thoughts starting with you. Yeah, my final thought. Just because the Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming out in March. Or, uh, April? Not April. excited. April. You're not. You're not excited? Nope. It's a remake. We were literally just talking about it. Oh, and I, I just can't well, wait to see. Well, mm. dude. Yeah. Have you seen screenshots with Cloud dressed up as a girl with Cornelio? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I cannot wait for, like, the Anita Sarkeesian fish monsters to come out of the ocean and start screaming about that one. Yeah, it, it's... Or, um... He looked at Dead Look on Cloud's face. <laughs> dead Look on Cloud's face is a bit of a redundant statement there, buddy. Yeah, but, but with Cornelio, it just... Yeah. I really hope they kept the dialogue original, which, I mean, I know they didn't. But I, I really kind of still hope that there's that scene where they're, you know... Climbing up to Shinra Tower and Barris just complaining the whole way, and then Cloud finally snaps and goes, "Shut up, retard!" Uh, <laughs> like that would be so that. funny to see. <laughs> All right, Kaz, what do you got? I think, I think that if the gaming industry is to survive, it is in the hands of the indie devs and teams to make it happen. Yeah, that's the big fair. titles, the big companies—they're the ones that are going to sink. Nintendo may survive on its own because they've managed to do it for eons, it seems. Nintendo but, always finds a way, you know. But at the same time... Nintendo's like Jurassic Park of gaming. <laughs> Nintendo always finds a way. Exactly. We spliced Mario's DNA with that of a frog. <laughs> That's just Frogger. Almost, yeah. 
<laughs> Frogger yeah. was fun. Dude, Frogger was the shit. I remember that. Uh, as far as my final thoughts, I'm expecting this year will be big on the whole shakedown scenario. I mean, we made our predictions already about what's going to come out. Yeah. But I'm thinking there's going to be some really big things coming around, say, E3, peri- E3 time period, where the lack of faith people are going to have in the gaming industry is going to really start uh, ramping up. Head. It's going to start picking up with the torches and pitchforks. Oh, you know, so long as they show that one nice trailer for, new trailer for Cyberpunk, everyone will cream their pants. I mean, there's that. Well, and, that's you mainly know, because they're not hygienic and should probably wash more. That too. I really hope we see the sequel to, uh, yeah, guy at E3 this year. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one who called that fucker. They're going to, um, they're going to transition, so now it's going to be yeah, person. Yeah, person. Yeah, zir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Final thoughts, Blasphemy. Um, I just want to watch everything burn for a bit because, well, when the forest grows too big, that's nature's way of fixing it. You burn it down, let it start fresh. Mm -hmm. And if anything survives, it deserves to. Yeah. Uh, There is some merit to that. As it is, Kazakhan, back to the skies. Uh, Moniker, done for this week. Goodbye. Corona Chen, please visit EA. See you next week. Darth Blasphemous signing out. Man, how funny is it that the year of the rat starts out with a plague, huh?